What's up, everybody? It's been a while since I've done a show. Sorry about that. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. I'm doing well. It's getting cold here in Germany. Um, a lot of stuff going on in the world of football. Um, I'm going to start off by talking about Stuttgart, though. Um, you know, last year, relegation battle, blah, blah, blah. This year, completely different situation right now as of the recording of this show. We're sitting in third place in the Bundesliga uh, behind Leverkusen, Bayern Munich. Um, we got 24 points. You know, I always say that 40 points is the goal. So right now uh, we're doing quite well. We could be, you know, extremely close to uh, to 40 points before the winter break starts, which is great. 40 points is at that safe, uh, you know, kind of that safe zone so that you cannot worry about relegation, which, you know, being a Stuttgart fan, relegation is always something that's that's kind of there. Um, always, always stressing about relegation. And hopefully this won't be one of those seasons we get to chill and, you know, think about maybe possibly playing in, you know, Europe next year, which would be great because 2012, I think was the last time Stuttgart was playing in a European competition or 2013. Um, the, you know, the, the early winter portion of, uh, 2013, uh, in the knockout stages of the Europa league we were playing in. Um, so yeah, uh, Seiru Gerasi. You know, he was the leading scorer in the Bundesliga uh, till he got hurt by Union Berlin players. Uh, it's a whole different story. Um, he had to miss a few games and Harry Kane ended up taking over the top spot for most goals right now. As of the recording of the show, Harry Kane has 17 goals. He hasn't missed any games in the Bundesliga, at least. And Seiru Gurasi has 15 goals. He's missed about two or three games. Um, but can't complain. Like I said, third in the table right now. Garassi came back off an injury, played against Dortmund yesterday. We won two to one. Great game. Um, Stuttgart has to stop missing penalties. We've missed penalties in the last two games. Um, Silas missed one in the previous game against Heidenheim, which we ended up losing two to zero. And yesterday, um, I believe it was Chris Furich had the, the opening. We had two penalties in yesterday's game, but Furich had the one. He didn't miss it like Silas did, where Silas wasn't even on target, but... Uh, Furich had his blocked, which, you know, stuff happens. Um, but that's the goalkeeper's job. He's supposed to, to stop the, the shots that are on target. Um, but in the second goal that we got, or second penalty that we got, Garassi, he came in off the bench, uh, first came back off injury, and he was able to, to convert that. Goalie picked the right direction, but Garassi, you know, he's, he's everything that we hoped he would be, and he was able to put that away. We beat Dortmund, which is crazy for me to say, 2-1 uh, to one at home great match um i was i was a little worried in the beginning stuttgart we had probably about i want to say like it seemed like 12 shots in the first like 25 minutes of the game and then i don't know what happened just against the run of play dortmund was able to, to score they took the lead 1-0 and you know everybody's dropping their heads well i can say i was the players weren't they were still you know battling and you know eventually we were able to uh to, to get a couple of goals and uh, and win that game and it was pretty nice to be able to say that we beat Dortmund um, and we're sitting on top of Dortmund on the table. Dortmund's currently in fourth. Um, we're doing pretty good. Yes, we lost to Heidenheim. We lost to Hoffenheim two games in a row, but, uh, you know, we're back. So a couple weeks ago, um, family and I went to a Deutsche Pokal match. Uh, it's the first time we've seen Stuttgart play in person since the game which was almost a year ago or over a year ago now in austin texas now we went to to see them play in the newly named mhp arena here in stuttgart um great game but unfortunately for us because of you know it's five of us trying to get tickets you know i'm a member so we got 
early access, I guess, to tickets. But in order to get five of them, we were sitting next to each other. We had to sit right next to the Union Berlin fans. And when I say right next to them, I'm talking there's like a walkway. There's this netting that's up and then there's the cage that they're in. Um, wasn't bad to start. Yes, they were loud. They had drums and megaphones. They were lighting off flares. People were yelling, whatever. It wasn't too bad. Stuttgart took the lead. And of course, they start lighting off flares. And, you know, our fans in the concert are curved, getting mad. They're, they're booing, hissing, whistling. And every time I turned around, like to my left, there was like this guy sitting like on the top of the, the metal fence. We'll call it the cage. Just like staring. Whatever. You know, it's happened before. I had some Freiburg fans do the same thing to me last time I sat that close. Um, and then I, I don't know exactly what happened. I guess the frustration just spilled over. But one of these asshats threw a, uh, threw a beer at us. I mean, I got covered in beer. I don't think my wife did. And, you know, I'm sitting with not just my kids, but there's a bunch of other kids sitting around us. And, you know, they all got wet and I, I got up and, you know, <laughs> I'm not speaking German. I'm yelling in English, but I'm like, yo, there's kids here. You know, I'm going to make this a, an explicit episode, but I'm like, yo, what the fuck? There's there's kids sitting here. Like, what are you, what are you guys doing? And this one asshole, he's just sitting there staring at me like, I know he understands what I'm saying. And even if you don't, you see how pissed off I am. You know, my wife is there. My kids are there. There's other people's kids that are there. It's like, why are you why are you doing that? Like, that's not why we came here. We get it that we're sitting next to, you know, the, the away fans or whatever. But why the hell are you wasting a beer that's, you know, stadium? I don't know. It, I wasn't drinking beer that night. But I think they're like probably like six euro. You're wasting a beer for what? Because you're losing? Because you're mad? Because you're losing? I was I was so mad. I was so mad. But we got out of there with a win. Uh, I don't got out of there. We were at home, but we were able to uh, to beat Union Berlin. Um, they have now lost. Uh, I don't know if they, they won their last match, but um, Union Berlin at that point had lost 11 in a row. Um, now they're 12 in a row. They're playing right now, actually. Um, but... You know, whatever. Why, why are you getting mad and throwing beer at kids and me um, just because your team is losing? You know, that that's that to me is kind of childish. And, you know, up until that point, I had kind of a special place in my heart for uh, Union Berlin just because of how they come up, um, you know, to, to make it. They're in the Champions League this year. You know, they, they come from like the fourth or fifth division. They've just continued to progress. They knocked us out of the Bundesliga a few years ago in the relegation playoff. And, you know, I think a lot of people kind of had a special place in their heart for Union Berlin, but now they can kiss my ass. Um, I put them in the same spot that I put the Freiburg fans. Um, you know, I respect teams or whatever, but you, your fans are just acting like asshats. And, and if you're throwing beer at kids, I mean, literally, there were probably about 30 kids that were like around 12 sitting where we were sitting. And there's just no reason for that. And then the fact they kept lighting off the flares, which is just annoying. I'm glad we beat them. I'm glad they're sliding. I'm glad that they're, you know, towards the bottom of the league. What place are they in? Right now they're in 17th. So they're in that that relegation, uh, automatic relegation spot. Um, the whole bottom of the table is just looking kind of sad. But, you know, good. I'm, I'm glad. You know, it's just terrible. You shouldn't, shouldn't throw beers at people, you know. But whatever. I'm glad Stugar's doing well. I'm glad that uh, it, being a Stuttgart fan for the first time in a long time is, is fun again. Now, still stressful because, you know, even though the team is winning, when you go a goal down or two down or, you know, a player gets hurt, it's uh, it, it's still pretty, pretty stressful. But we 
as you know, Stugar fans are enjoying um, what's happening right now. It's uh, it's pretty great. It's it's special because for so long it's been um, aside for you know the, the couple of seasons that we played in the second Bundesliga where there was a lot of winning going on, even though you're in the second division. Being in the Bundesliga, sitting where we are right now, if we can stay there, um, even going into the to the winter break, I will be excited. I'll be extremely happy. Um, but right now, like I said, we're we're doing we're doing pretty good. Um, we're gonna have an international break coming up, so the next Bundesliga games won't be until Friday the twenty fourth, which is the day after Thanksgiving for the American listeners. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that, and just looking forward to uh, us, you know, being in third place going into the international break. So uh, let's see what else is going on. There's just a whole bunch of craziness going on in the world. The World Cup. Ugh. So we'd known for a while that Johnny Infantino, just like with freaking Russia and Qatar, um, wanted to host the World Cup in Saudi Arabia. Well, you know, because of the whole thing with the U.S., the, we should the U.S. should have hosted in 2022. Everybody knows that, you know, but it is what it is. Um, there was that whole criminal thing that happened with the FIFA members that got set bladder thrown out. U.S. got awarded it with the expanded version. So we're co-hosting it with uh, Canada and Mexico. But now, because there's going to be 48 teams in the World Cup, it seems almost impossible for any one country to now host the World Cup. Because, you know, I think FIFA says you have to have like 14 um, stadiums with a certain capacity and yada yada. So it seemed like we were never going to get a World Cup where it was just hosted in one single country. But somehow now Saudi Arabia has somehow managed to do it. I know I expressed my hatred and uh, let everybody know how upset I was about this Winter World Cup that we had in Qatar. You know, it came off pretty well. It didn't really disrupt things as much as I thought it would. Um, but again, this one in Saudi Arabia that's coming up in 2034 is again going to be a Winter World Cup. Now, I don't really care anymore about the Winter World Cup things because, you know, having thought about it, it's only fair to um, give every country, I guess, the the ability or the opportunity to host a World Cup. But it does change up a lot of things. But the European calendar shouldn't dictate how and where the World Cup is held. You know, in the MLS, it's a completely different calendar. The summer World Cup messes up the uh, it messes up the MLS schedule, so the Winter World Cup doesn't really mess with it at all. So there are some positives to it, I guess. But the, it's weird the way that FIFA has done this, and they got really sneaky with the 2030 World Cup in order to be able to kind of force Saudi Arabia to be able to host the 2034 World Cup. And now they've kind of pigeonholed who pigeonholed who's going to be able to hold host the 2038 World Cup. So 2018 UEFA hosted it. And now uh, FIFA has this rule where if you host, if a confederation hosts a World Cup, they cannot host it for the next two World Cups or even bid. So UEFA hosted it in 2018. Then in 2022, it was the AFC. In 2026, it's going to be CONCACAF. In 2030, this is where they got sneaky. So it'll be UEFA because you're going to have Spain, Portugal, and Morocco hosting it. But it's also going to be um, in Argentina, Paraguay, and Uruguay. So basically, you have three confederations there that can't bid for the next two World Cups. You got the UEFA, Conmebol, and CAF. Then in 2034, I guess Australia wanted to put in a bid, but basically they kind of got strong-armed into not... Um, putting in a bid for the World Cup by Saudi Arabia. And I guess the majority of the AFC uh, countries were going to vote for Saudi Arabia to host it. 
even though Johnny Infantino said it's going to be impossible for or extremely difficult, whatever his wording was, for one country to be able to host the World Cup because of the amount of teams now. But apparently Saudi Arabia can do it. They got the money. I don't know if they have the stadiums. They're going to definitely have to build some. They got plenty of time. They got like 11 years now or whatever. But this is where it gets tricky. So 2030 and 2034, you have four of the six confederations that can't host the 2038 World Cup. UEFA, Comebol, CAF, and the AFC. So for 2038, that only leaves two confederations, CONCACAF and the OFC. Now, the OFC, they could do it, but because of the vast distances between... And keep in mind, Australia is not a part of the OFC anymore. They're, they're AFC. So it would be New Zealand and then a slew of tiny, tiny countries that would be able to host the 2038 World Cup. Now, you know, maybe it is possible. Some of these stadiums, they have, you know, the FIFA requirements say that the stadium has to have so many seats and blah, blah, blah. But that basically just leaves, again, CONCACAF to be able to host the 2038 World Cup. So, I mean, yes. Was I upset when U.S. didn't get 2022? I was. Am I happy they got it with Mexico and Canada for 2026? I am. But now, basically, the United States is going to be almost forced with Mexico and probably Canada again. And maybe, who knows, maybe another country can host it that's in um, CONCACAF in 2038. But because the the U.S. already has all these stadiums and the infrastructure there, we're kind of almost going to be forced to host it, which isn't a bad thing, I guess, especially if you don't have to build anything. But just because of the, I think that this is just a, a byproduct of FIFA getting sneaky and forcing uh, Saudi Arabia to be able to host the, the 2034 World Cup because of what they're doing in 2030. They could have just put it in South America for the 100th anniversary in 2030. Three countries, Argentina, Paraguay, Uruguay, and, and, and just, I don't know, left it at that. But no, they wanted Saudi Arabia to, to host this World Cup. And now they're going to get it. I don't know. Maybe they're going to put on a good show like, uh, like Qatar did. But I guess we'll see. I don't know. But it, it, it's just weird. I don't know. FIFA, it's just dirty. I don't know. They, they, the way that they did that is just, it, I don't know, it just pissed me off. And it seemed like it's, nobody's talking about it. Like nobody's saying anything about it. They, they essentially put a bid in unopposed and they're going to get the World Cup in 2034. Just like that. Ugh. All right. Well, I am going to switch gears. We're going to talk about the club that I'm profiling uh, right after this break. I will be right back. So the beauty of doing some of these teams is a lot of these teams come kind of just going randomly. I've never seen some of these teams play. I've only known about them just, you know, from hearing about certain players that have been there or, you know, seeing them in certain UEFA competitions or friendlies that they're holding. Um, and this is definitely one of those clubs. Now, while I know a decent amount about the city, primarily because I watched this Netflix uh, cop documentary, um, I don't know too much about the club uh, except for one player that that played there but as i mentioned uh last episode this team is malmo ff so malmo is a uh, city in sweden um not too far from copenhagen in denmark um they're kind of right across a bridge from each other um and malmo is you know one of the more successful if not the most successful club in sweden 
So the team's name is Malmo FF, at least that's how it would be pronounced in, in English. Um, but the full name, and I'm going to butcher this, is Malmo Football Fordinen, or in English it would be translated to the Malmo Football Association. They're also known as Die Blau, or the Blue Ones, and Himmelblatt, which means sky blue. That sounds actually kind of close to, to German a little. Um, they were founded on the 24th of February in 1910 after members of the team Ballklubben Idrott or BK Idrott left the football department of the sports club IFK Malmo. Um, they play in the top division of Sweden, which is called the Allsvenskan. I know I butchered that, but look it up. Top division of Swedish football. All right, so their home stadium is the Eladen Stadium, located in Malmo. It has a capacity of 22,500. Um, and with that, it's 18,000 seated and 4,500 standing. Um, for international matches, it has a capacity of 21,000. It opened um, April 13th of nine, or excuse me, <laughs> April 13th of 2009. It's owned by uh, MFF Event AB. It's operated by Malmo FF and Malmo are the sole tenants. All right, so moving on to the kit. Um, they actually have a pretty nice kit. You can't go wrong with sky blue. Um, but since 1920, uh, the team has played in the light blue uh, top with white shorts. Um, they always play with white shorts at home, uh, but their jersey has changed over time. Their initial jersey was blue with vertical white stripes. Um, um, they've also had a red jersey with vertical stripes for 10 seasons before going to a solid light blue in 1920. Um, let's see. So, yeah, sky blue, primary color. It actually looks really good. It, it, all, it looks a lot like the, uh, the kit for 1860 Munich, which is a team that plays in the third division here in Germany. Um, let's see. So club records. Um, there's a gentleman named Christer Christensen. Uh, he played for the, the club from 1963 to 1978. He had 626 appearances for the club. Top goal scorer is Hans Hawkinson. Or Hawkinson. Uh, he played from 1929 to 1938, and he holds a record with 341 goals for the club. Uh, so they're rivalries. Um, there's specifically three teams. Um, one is uh, Helsingborg IF. Um, They've been their rival since the 1930s. Then there's IFK Gothenburg, um, because IFK Gothenburg and Malmo FF are like the two most successful clubs in Sweden. That's why. And then there's IFK Malmo. Um, they're because they're both from Malmo. They used to share the same stadium, but now the matches between those two teams are kind of rare because IFK Malmo they haven't played in the same league with them since the 1960s. So, you know, unless they get promoted. You're not really going to have kind of like an AC Inter type thing, um, even though they play in the same city. Or even similar to like a Bayern Munich, 1860 Munich thing. They may still play each other in cup matches, but it's rare because they're not they're not playing in the same league. All right. So for their badge, um, their, their crest is a, is a shield with two vertical sky blue fields on both sides of a white field. Underneath is Malmo FF uh, spelled out in sky blue with a sky blue six-sided star the letters mff appear at the top within a tower type extension um, additionally the club has two stars above the crest to represent the 20 domestic titles that they have even though now they have 22. 
All right, for the current season, this is as of the recording. I want to say they played yesterday, but I, I didn't update my notes for this. But they were currently in second place after 29 match days. Now, in their league, they play 30 match days. Um, they're three points behind IF Elfborg, and both teams have the same goal differential. So I guess if Elf, Elfsburg lost or Elfborg lost and Malmo wins, depending on what the score is, Malmo would win the league. But right now, as of yesterday, they were currently sitting in second. All right, so for notable players, there's Eric Nielsen, the Christar, excuse me, Christer Christensen, who I mentioned earlier, uh, Emil Forsberg, who's played in the Bundesliga, and then the one that everybody knows from Malmo FF is Zlatan Ibrahimovic. All right, so going on to titles, um, as I mentioned, the team currently has 22. Um, they've been the champions of Sweden 22 times, most recently in 2021. Um, they've won the Swedish Cup 15 times. The last time was at the 2019-2020 season. Um, they've won the double eight times, the last time being in 1989. And in the 1978-1979 version of the Champions League, they were runners-up. It, it was called the European Cup back then, but uh, they were the runners-up for that. So um, that is Malmo FF. Seems like a pretty decent team. Um, a lot of history there. They've had uh, Roy Hodgson was their coach at one point. Um, definitely a team that I'll be looking out for. They play, you know, a lot of the teams north of Germany. They play uh, a schedule similar to the MLS where their season will end in November. They'll restart it back in February, March time frame because it gets so cold up there, um, which, you know, sometimes can lead to them having difficulties playing in Europe because, Teams in Europe, uh, in Germany, Spain, France, they're playing all the way up until December, restarting in in uh, January, whereas these teams are ending in November and then they don't restart until it starts to warm up again or the time changes. Um, but it's definitely one of those teams I'll be paying more attention to, especially as the new year comes, uh, seeing how they start. And I'm actually kind of anxious now to see um, how they how they played yesterday. Like I said, I believe they had the game yesterday, but I'm anxious to see um, whether or not they were able to win the game and take over the top of the league. And now that I'm looking, they they're playing right now. Actually, this game is live. And if if it would end the way that it is right now, they would end up losing uh, or excuse me, not winning the league. They would be down by three points. Um, and yeah, that game is actually going on right now. They're playing against Ellsberg, actually. Um, so hopefully, you know, they could they can win that maybe. Uh, it's, it's one versus two. They have to beat Ellsberg. If they if they beat Ellsberg, they will win the league. So, um, yeah, hopefully they'll, they'll be able to do that. I'm actually going to star that. The game looks like it's at halftime right now. I'm going to start to get those notifications for that so I can um, keep up with that for the rest of the, the next 45 minutes. I'm actually pretty interested in that now. <laughs> you don't get a whole lot of, like, final day of the final match day of the season where teams are vying for uh, for the league. Especially when they're playing against each other, one versus two, that is extremely rare. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll be able to, uh, or I'll be able to see um, what's going on there. I'm looking forward to it now. So um, next episode, I will be uh, profiling Colo Colo. Um, they're a team based in Santiago, Chile, and obviously they're in Comet Bowl. So I'm going to do my research on them, and uh, that'll be in the next episode. So... 
Um, I want to, as always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for everybody that reaches out on Instagram, Twitter, threads, um, email. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, please let me know if you guys have any questions, any ideas for the show. Um, I'm, I'm always welcome to suggestions. I've said that hundreds of times. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for reaching out. And uh, I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Bye.